0: Welcome to the South Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at South Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. We are currently in our Under the Radar series where we are seeing God at work through obscure biblical characters. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you here in person and to all of you online, uh, welcome. My name is Billy Bergland and South has been the home for my wife Hannah and I for the past five years. And from 2015 to 2019, I had the privilege of serving on staff, working with the students and as I pursued my masters over at Denver Seminary. Uh, and Now I'm in my second year teaching middle school over at Denver Christian School and uh, coaching high school basketball. And it's a great joy uh, to work with students, just to encourage them on their journey, uh, to walk with them, and to point them uh, to Jesus. We've been back in school for the past few weeks, and while it's definitely different than a normal school year, uh, with masks and social distancing, it's it's so good to see the students. Uh, it's fun after five months. Uh, some of them have grown up a ton, and they're taller. Uh, some of the boys' voices are deeper, and you get some voice cracks, which is great, And uh, now some of them are a little bit too cool to laugh at my jokes, but I keep trying. But it's fun to see how much they they grow and and change in those middle school years. My wife and I were looking through some pictures the other day, and we came across this one of me. And thankfully, that we do grow up and and change, and I don't still wear those purple boots. But uh, time, as it goes through, there's all sorts of changes transitions, job changes, uh, loss of loved ones. This starts from birth and continues all throughout our lives with new jobs and experiences. And now all of us, we find ourselves in a really unique time. In March, our lives were completely changed. Our rhythms, our routine, as this coronavirus pandemic swept across our country. These are truly unprecedented times. You've probably heard that a time or two over the past few months, and I came across this as well. I wanted to share, I don't know about you, but I could use some precedent at times, right? <laughs> Everything seems like it's, it's changed. But if we're honest here today, I think the best way to describe this season that we're in is disorienting. Things that we're used to, things that we just grew accustomed to and maybe even took for granted have changed almost overnight. And while some of those could be good, perhaps learning a new skill, or uh, trying something new, developing a new habit. Um, I think if we're honest, this morning it's been hard. It's not been easy, and there's been tiring. It's been challenges, financial struggles, or job changes. We can't do our daily activities the way that we normally like to do. Large gatherings have to be limited, and perhaps some relationships have been strained over the past few months. A lot of this has added up to more stress and more anxiety over over these months. And it can be hard to deal with this, as we almost feel overwhelmed as we look out on the news and we see so much division and anger, and it's hard to know what to even make of this or what to even do. And this morning, we're going to be studying and learning from a wise woman from the Bible. And interestingly, we don't have any recorded words that she specifically spoke. In fact, we only learn about her on three total verses in the whole scripture. And most of these are spent describing her background rather than her actions, and so it seems to be a pretty unlikely person that we'd be studying here in 2020. But I believe that we can learn a lot from her life, and I'm excited to dig in. We've been in a series over the past few months called Under the Radar. We've seen God at work through more obscure or lesser-known characters. We've seen how their stories play a part in God's big story all throughout the Old and New Testament. We've looked at Mephibosheth, Shifra and Pua, Abigail, Gideon, Habakkuk, the man born blind, and Cornelius. So today we're going to be studying Anna, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, if you will turn there with me. Along the way, we're going to see how this incredible woman had eyes for the Savior and showed remarkable faithfulness throughout her life. Luke 2 is typically a chapter that we read around Christmas time. We read about the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, in a manger, and the angels and the shepherds, they glorify God as Jesus has just been born. And then our scene for today takes place as Mary and Joseph have taken the baby Jesus to be presented at the temple. This was the normal practice of purification after the birth of a child at that time. And so Mary uh, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to present him at Jerusalem to the Lord. We see their faithfulness to God and keeping his law and their desire to honor him. In verse 25, we meet a righteous and devout man named Simeon who was waiting for the consolation of Israel or the hope that God would come to his nation to complete his promise and to rescue and comfort his people. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would see Jesus before he dies. And so in verses 25 to 35, we get this awesome scene where Simeon meets Jesus, he sees God's salvation. And he had these words of blessing that show how salvation is now made available for all people, the Jews and the Gentiles. The gospel or good news of Jesus is for all people, as Dr. Wenig highlighted for us last week as we studied Cornelius. His words also show that there would be a divided response in Israel and that some would oppose him. And then onto the scene comes Anna. So if you've Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Let's read verses 36 through 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption. Of Jerusalem. And this is all that we read about Anna. Very short, three verses, and Luke, the author, almost seems to be intentionally concise as he writes about Anna and describes her. He's normally a very detailed writer, and he's a physician and a historian, and while we hear uh, Simeon's words in 25 through 35, we don't see any of the words that she spoke. And I believe this could have been intentional by Luke as he spends time emphasizing her reliability and her background. So you may be wondering who this woman was, and why is she even important for us today? I admit that in my entire life, I have never heard a sermon specifically on Anna. Honestly, I've read right over this passage in the past and never really taken the time to dig in and to study her. Preparing for this sermon has been really valuable for me in my own journey, and so let's unpack a little bit about who Anna was. First, she was a a prophet or a prophetess. She had the Holy Spirit on her, and she was very close to God. She would hear messages from him, speak for him. She was among only a handful of women in all of Scripture to have that title of prophetess or female prophet. And in fact, she's the New Testament's only named female prophetess. Her name, it means grace, and I think this is really fitting. She had waited and prayed for decades for the coming Savior to come. And, redeem, and she was fully devoted to him. She was Jewish. She could trace her genealogy. Luke is careful to mention that she is the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, or the 12 tribes and nations of Israel. And those references show that she was an Israelite. Luke could be trying to show how Israel was anticipating the arrival of the Messiah after years, the salvation of God. Lastly, she was an elderly widow. Luke tells us she had been married only seven years, and then her husband died. She remained a widow the rest of her life, and now she's 84 years old. At an elderly age, she would have been respected in her society. Some think that she actually could have been a widow for 84 years, and since most women married at around 13 years old, she actually could have been over 100 years old. We don't know for sure, but either way, she's very old and she's alone. And she has been at least 60 years that way, over 60 years. Scholars also think she was childless. And I think Anna could have very easily been angry or bitter at God. Can you imagine? My wife and I, we've been married just over six years. I can't imagine her loss, Anna, what she experienced after just seven years of being married. She could have complained, she could have drifted, she could have turned away from God, but she didn't. In fact, her devotion to God only grew and grew year after year. Let's read again what she does. It says she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. This is incredible. Anna had devoted her whole life to God. I think this brief description, these three verses of Anna's life, they, they show us this. That our heart's devotion shapes our life's direction. Our heart's devotion shapes our life's direction. Anna was alone in the world, but she was devoted to the Lord. She spent her days in his presence, worshiping him in prayer and fasting, waiting patiently and hopefully and faithfully. Her life had a single devotion, which impacted everything she did. She had eyes for the Savior as she was fully committed to God, and that shaped her life. When I read about Anna, one of the first passages from Scriptures that really pops out to me is, is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. After showing many examples of people of faith from the Old Testament, the author of, of Hebrews writes this, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Anna had run the race marked out for her with perseverance. She remained wholly devoted to him as she fixed her eyes on Jesus. And by God's grace, at her very old age, she got to meet Jesus. And what an incredible moment that must have been for her after waiting 60 Years. In Luke 2.38, we see, coming up at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Her heart immediately turns to praise. She had longed for this for so many years, so many days and nights, and she had finally met Jesus. Her prayers were answered, and she overflowed with joy as she spread this good news to others. The question that I've asked as I've studied Anna and really considered how her life can speak to us today, are these questions. Is my heart fully devoted to the Lord? What would change in my life if I, like Anna, fixed my eyes on Jesus in all situations, in all circumstances? I mentioned at the beginning of this message about the uncertain and disorienting times that we all find ourselves in. If I'm honest, this morning, the past year, 16 months, has provided challenges in a lot of ways. My wife and I have experienced a lot of transition. We've had to move twice. I graduated seminary. A lot of our friends moved away. We faced financial uncertainty. We started new jobs. My wife transitioned out of her job as our wonderful baby boy Cooper was born six weeks early. He's had two stints in the hospital and on oxygen for about 10 weeks, but thankfully he's doing a lot better and continuing to grow and develop with therapy. In December, uh, my grandma, who I was very close to and who lived next door growing up, uh, passed away. She was my wife and I's sixth grandparent to die in the past six years. Like all of us here, we've experienced transitions at church in the past five months um, have endured a pandemic that have changed life for a lot of us in a lot of ways. And lastly, my, my parents' Christian bookstore in Omaha that they've owned and operated for 37 years closed yesterday. Now, certainly, don't get me wrong, those have been some great moments over those days. Um, not all of those transitions are bad, of course. Some are very exciting. But all of that transition, which I know many of you have experienced in various ways as well, has left my heart Uh, feeling unsettled. And I wish I could say that I've handled all of that really well this morning. Um, But that's not true. Unfortunately, there were days, many days, where I felt lost, where I felt discouraged. And a few months ago, I started seeing a counselor, which has been incredibly helpful for me. We've been able to process and to work through these changes and transitions and how to even process it all. I've learned to focus on what is true, And I've been reminded to cling to Jesus even in the hard days. I have a long way to continue to grow, but I'm on that journey. Now, I share all of that to say this, that God has been teaching me a lot through this study of Anna. It spoke to me right where I'm at, and I want to share that with you today. That I believe Jesus has an invitation for all of us to turn to him. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. So often we don't know where to turn or what to do. At times we find ourselves just wandering aimlessly or worrying constantly or withdrawing fearfully. And I want to invite us today to turn to him, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Anna had experienced deep pain in her life, widowed, alone, and childless. No doubt she knew what it was like to go through life's transitions. And those drove her closer to God, She was faithful even in the midst of life's storms. They drove her to her knees in prayer and worship, and she clung to him when life didn't make sense and when things got hard. So today I want to share three things that I think can truly change in our lives when we fix our eyes on Jesus. And I think Anna highlights these three for us in her life. The first one is this. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we move from wandering aimlessly to waiting expectantly. Waiting, wandering aimlessly can lead to hopelessness. When difficulties and trials come, our first instinct can be to try and fix things ourselves. We can confuse all of our activity, doing a bunch of things, for accomplishment. And we either just drift through life or we become really, really busy, thinking that that will give us the hope that we're looking for, the hope that we're longing for. We turn to other things to provide contentment and satisfaction, and without intention, we just drift through our lives without purpose, and we can just try to endlessly distract ourselves or try to numb our pain. We turn to other things that we can tangibly control or see right in front of us. In pastor and author Tim Keller's book, Counterfeit Gods, he says this, if we look to some created thing to give us the meaning, the hope, and happiness that only God himself can give, it will eventually fail to deliver and break our hearts. To contrast this, Anna shows us a life of expectant waiting. As we see in the text, she was very old, and yet she just kept showing up. She was waiting on the Lord, and I can't imagine waiting for over 60 years, day after day, and sometimes we confuse the word waiting for doing nothing. But in reality, waiting is really clinging to the hope that we have in Jesus. We wait expectantly for Him to answer our prayers, and perhaps there is a dream or a request that we've given up hope on. And I want you to think today that God isn't maybe inviting you to not give up hope, but to wait expectantly once again, to bring those requests to Him, and in the process, grow in our relationship with Him. He may not answer our prayers exactly in our timeline or in the way that we would expect. But Anna's example of patience and perseverance encourages us to not lose hope, but for us to wait expectantly for him to work. Anna and Simeon, they were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, the consolation of Israel, when the true Messiah would come. Year after year, they stood strong amidst the pressures from the Roman occupation at the time. They didn't turn to other things or get distracted with false hopes. They remained faithful in their waiting. And ultimately, we have hope in God's promises of a final redemption, that one day Jesus will come back to finally and fully establish his kingdom and defeat evil once and for all, and his followers will spend eternity with him, with no more pain or suffering, and all things will be renewed. We will be reunited with loved ones, and we will be in God's presence for eternity. Let us keep our eyes fixed on him, because our heart's devotion will shape our lives direction. Secondly, Anna shows us this, that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we move from worrying constantly to worshiping intentionally. I think at the heart of our worry is a desire for control. It reveals a lack of trust, and as difficulties come, it's very natural for us to worry. The research on worry is really interesting. It's connected to our overall health. It can interfere with our sleep, our habits, our appetite, or job and more. In Matthew 6, Jesus himself said, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think for some of us, we'd be living a long time if we could, right? Adding hours to our life. But Anna could have easily fallen into worrying constantly. As a widow in her culture, she would not have had a lot of opportunity to get an education or learn a trade for herself. She was alone, without family. Yet she decided to worship intentionally, day after day. Instead of trying to deal with her problems all by herself, she brought everything to the Lord. She lives out Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every situation, we can bring everything to God in prayer. And the simple question we can ask ourselves no matter what we're going through is Have I prayed about this? Sometimes our first instinct is to worry or control or to fix it or to tell somebody else or to whatever it might be, but we're called to bring it to God and to rest in Him. Augustine famously once said You've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Now, there are times when life can be particularly overwhelming and where anxiety or depression can be really present in our lives. And at those times, I think it's really important for us to reach out for help. Fixing our eyes on Jesus does not mean that life will always be easy or smooth. We still will face difficulties, and seeing a doctor or therapist or counselor can be extremely helpful for us. As I mentioned earlier, my counselor has helped point me to Christ and to remember what is true. To replace lies with truth, take every thought captive to Christ, and to address the battle in the mind. Seeking help takes strength, but it can be so needed and important, especially in these times, as we remember the words from Hebrew 13:8, that Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. In Luke 2:37, we see that Anna, she never left the temple, but worshipped day and night, fasting and Praying. Scholars say it's unlikely that she actually slept at the temple, but rather she was nearly there all of the time, day after day, and her heart was fully devoted to God. She centered her life there in worship. So, a question I think we ask is so, what do we do with that? If we're honest, maybe we look at Anna's life and we think, wow, that's great and awesome for her, but what does that look like for our lives? We don't still have temple worship or the ceremonial aspects of the law. We have jobs to do, and schools to attend, and we have busy families and activities we maybe don't have the time to spend all day at church in prayer. A lot of our lives are very busy, so what does it look like for us to worship intentionally each and every day amidst lives that are full of activities and responsibilities? I believe Anna shows us a great example of being faithful to what God has called us to do This is what Anna was called to do, to be a prophet and to serve him wholeheartedly. She undoubtedly had a profound impact on so many people around her through her daily presence and commitment. She was constant in her faith even later in life. We so often compare ourselves to others and we gauge our value by a job title or an income level or what we produce or how many followers we have. But the reality is that our identity is rooted in Christ and in his love for us. And as a result, then, in Colossians 3.17, we read, Whatever we do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Similarly, Paul will again write in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to this pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're to offer our lives in worship to God no matter what we do, whether we're a doctor, a businessman, a teacher, a barista, a pastor, a coach, a mom, or whatever it might be, taking it one day at a time and being faithful to where God has placed us right now. I think Anna also shows us the value of setting aside time for certain activities, such as prayer and fasting. Our lives can be so busy that it can be hard just to be still in his presence, to sit with his word, to find creative ways to be in nature, to connect with God. We live in Colorado, beautiful state, to be out in the mountains, to listen to worship music, to read the Bible with a friend, maybe over Zoom. Not as an obligation or as a duty, but as an invitation and a delight to praise God, to seek Him and to be in His presence. And this could happen in the morning, or over a lunch break, on the drive home from work, on a walk or a hike, or when your baby is crying in the middle of the night. Intentional time worshipping God is so important for us as we get re-centered in the midst of disorientation in our lives. Our heart's devotion shapes our life's direction. And thirdly, Anna shows us this, that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we move from withdrawing fearfully to witnessing boldly. Immediately after seeing Jesus, Anna praises God and she shares this news about Jesus with others. We read in Luke 2.38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She couldn't help but share with others about the fact that Jesus, the Savior, had come. When we get excited about things, we can't help but tell others. My middle schoolers come running in the class every day, and whatever's on their mind, they just spew out. They're so excited to just tell us this. Anna had spent time waiting and worshiping God, being in his presence, and now she was witnessing to everyone who was anticipating the Messiah. Her cup was full, and now she was overflowing with joy to spread this news to others. I think in our world today, it can be really tempting to withdraw out of fear, to isolate ourselves instead of looking to influence. Perhaps we don't know what to say or what to do. Perhaps we fear what others will think or say about us, and almost everything feels divisive, and it's hard to know. It can be intimidating to know where to even start. I think it's really important for us to remember to listen to others. This is really important, to hear their stories, and to also take to heart what 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16 says, Peter says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. I love that section because if they're asking you for the hope that you have, there's something that they notice in you, something that is attractive to them. But to do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that Those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Anna was fully prepared to speak about Jesus because she had been in God's presence day after day, waiting expectantly and worshiping intentionally. We too are called to be prepared to give an answer to everyone with gentleness and respect. The world needs the hope of Jesus the hope that he came to earth and lived a perfect life that he died on a cross for our sins that he rose again conquering death that all who believe in him will spend eternity with him and we're invited into this relationship with him by faith not because of our performance or our achievements but because of his grace and love may we be boldly be witnesses to him in everything that we say and do in this season With this virus, we have to be a little bit creative to find ideas to serve, whether here at South or in your neighborhood, spreading love to others as we seek to live in the way of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus, everywhere we go. Our heart's devotion shapes our life's direction. Anna's life may have seemed very simple. She wasn't overly busy, financially rich, a famous author, or an accomplished world traveler. But she was incredibly faithful. She was fully devoted to God and as a result had a huge impact on a lot of people. Her legacy lives on as a woman who was transformed by God, who was fully devoted to Him, and who was among the first people to bear witness to Jesus. As Ben comes back up uh, for one more song, I want to invite all of us today to commit to a life of trust and faithfulness like Anna. Anna. May we be people who are wholly committed to following Jesus and keeping our eyes fixed on him, no matter what happens or no matter where we're called to go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, for your word. I thank you for the example of Anna, of faithfulness day after day. I just pray for each and every person here, that we would walk closely with you, that we would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, no matter what comes, no matter the storms of life, that we would remain fixed on you. We would follow you all the days of our life. Jesus if God is working in your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give online at southfellowship.org. Thanks for listening, South family, and have a great rest of your day.